the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, Talk 1640, 93.1 El Rey, and 104.1 The Fish. Don't forget to sign up for our Pastors Appreciation Breakfast Ministry leaders and your spouses. It'll be 1010, October 10th, featuring Brian Chapel. And that's going to be right around the corner. So please RSVP online at kpdq.com. And mark off a couple of dates on your calendar if you've got girls of the tween age group between, say, 8-ish to 12-ish, because Secret Keeper Girl is coming back October 17th and the 19th. Let's show our girls how to be confident, well-adjusted teenagers by getting started while they're still little girls and growing. If we communicate and connect with them during these crucial tween years, that's going to help them as they form values and beliefs about things like friends and dating and sex, and boys, and body image, and true beauty, and social media, and and all these things that are affecting the young women of our generation. So that's Secret Keeper Girl, October 17th and October 19th. You want a booth there? You want to find out how you can help or attend? Email mikelee at kpdq.com, and I'll give you all the details. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. So when I moved here a little more than nine years ago from New York, one of the churches that became a second home to me was the big one on the side of Exit 3 of I-205, Rolling Hills Community Church. And things that I noticed from doing different concerts and events there was how incredibly well-oiled a machine that these 200-plus volunteers were at these concerts. And they were humble, and they were excellent, and they were sweet, and they rolled with the punches. And as a result of that, I really gained a great affinity for what happens at Rolling Hills Community Church. But it's more than just a really big, beautiful sanctuary with the best sound system I've seen of any church in my 50-plus years. It's more than just this beautiful big campus and concerts that's being held. It's people who happen to love the Lord. Now, in the past, we got to interview Pastor Dale Ebel, who saw it grow into fruition into this incredible campus from Bible study in somebody's basement. So I'm finally, finally, finally ecstatic to say that we've got Rolling Hills in the house today. We have lead pastor Bill Town, lead ministry pastor Mark Houchet, and worship arts pastor Aaron Dore. And Aaron, I want to thank you in particular because you helped make this connection when I found out on social media about your worship arts workshop that you were hosting. So how did that go for you, Aaron? Thanks, Mike. Uh, That was great. We called it Church of Rock, and it was an idea that's been percolating in a number of our heads at the church for a while, Uh, but we finally just stuck our necks out, pulled the trigger this year, and had a great time. We had uh, some students, uh, mostly from our own church, but also from uh, surrounding churches that we were able to just spend time with them, uh, teaching them things like, uh, you know, drums, uh, 
guitar, bass, keyboards, and then a lot of production related things like uh, video camera and and uh, mixing audio and just different things that are uh, necessary, at least or valuable these days uh, in a variety of churches in the area that just need to have a, whenever whenever people gather and they want to have music or they want to have you know the gospel go out. Uh, all these things kind of come into play, and so we had a great time. It was fun, and parents and kids were asking, when's the next one? They all learned music. We kind of taught them songs, and then they were able to put on a concert uh, themselves uh, by the end. And so we had teachers standing by, students kind of helping them and coaching them. On. There was a drummer, a kid, that was just nervous as anything, and he just was so down on himself. It was neat to see two of our best drummers just like, no, you can do this, man. You can do this. Come on. And he got through it and just hugging his parents afterwards. And so that was like a highlight for me. But it, it went great. I loved how kids can get into music at a younger and younger and younger age nowadays, it seems. And especially with the resources available that weren't around when yeah. I was growing up, it seems a lot more accessible. Mm-hmm. So are these kids, are, are they all readers or, or are any of them just natural prodigies? Can they do this by ear? Or what kind of training did they have before they showed up with you, Aaron? It was pretty varied. Uh, we had some kids that had been taking private lessons for a while or they'd picked up an instrument in school. Uh, some of them were still like they knew two chords on the guitar or they liked to sing in the shower. You know? So we, we took them where they were and gave them very, very specific training toward okay, how could you use this in a church setting where you're, say, you're in a, a middle school gathering and they wanted you to help play the guitar. How could how could you do this? And so we we gave them specific training. It wasn't necessarily teaching them how to play an instrument, or uh, it wasn't specific vocal instruction. But it was saying if you're a guitar player, here's how you can approach learning guitar and playing this song, and uh, just some different things like that. So it was the experience levels were varied, and we just did our best to try and give everybody one new thing they could apply. So how is it on the technical side where you have a lot of talent and a lot of experience at Rolling Hills? Mm-hmm. How is it for you to be able to mentor youth in a way that it's beyond just notes and performance, but it's about worship from the heart? Good question. We've, no matter what the position is, whether it's mixing uh, from a soundboard or standing behind a camera or leading somebody in worship, we start... Uh, we really start with the condition of somebody's heart. So whenever somebody asks, you know, how do I get involved? Uh, the first thing I do, I, I, I don't have them sing or play for me. I just want to sit down and get to know them. It's like, when did you, when did you meet Jesus? When did you fall in love with him? When did you give your life to him? And then I ask him about, you know, when did music or, or production become something that was interesting to you? And, and how do you see those two uh, combining together? And there's just, um, there's zero room for ego on our in our worship teams, I mean, you, it sticks out like a sore thumb when when it exists, and and people really realize this is we're washing people's feet, uh, we're ministers, we're not rock stars, and so uh, that very quickly, that's the first thing we get to. I want to know where people's hearts are. I'm not looking for perfection because we're all the least of these. We're all very broken people, but I want to know where their heart, where it's aimed toward, where its trajectory is. You know, if it's pointed toward Jesus. Uh, even if we're limping, let's limp in the right direction. And so we start there, and then we work to cultivate uh, just excellence within our heart attitude toward Jesus and what we can apply to him. You know, if we if we give, get this platform to be able to share 
the love of God through music and do what we want. We want to just do it as good as we can. Um, and we even taught about that, that it matters to God. The lost matter to God. And so when he, when Jesus tells the three parables of the, you know, the lost coin and the, uh, the lost sheep and the lost son, both of the, in all of those stories, there's a kind of laser-like focus on whether it's the shepherd or the woman with the coin or the father. There's a laser-like focus on going out to the ones that were lost. And so I just, I talked to our students even in the Church of Rock thing of just saying, it matters how well we, how focused we are in this and how well we do this. Uh, not because we want to impress anybody, but because we want to emulate that focus of the Father on reaching out to the lost. And so when we do things well, it kind of emulates that. Amen to that. Aaron Doerr, Worship Arts Pastor at Rolling Hills Community Church. And you were kind enough to bring along your immediate boss, Mark Houchet. So what does a lead ministry pastor do at Rolling Hills? What does that entail, Mark? Well, basically, sometimes people have heard of it as the executive pastor. And what my role is, is to come in and, and help support the staff, help facilitate the different ministries, uh, remove hurdles uh, that often come up in ministry. Also work with our members, uh, the, the lay leaders and volunteers that come forth. And just, so you're kind of the, the chief of operations and, and you handle a lot of those things, a lot of meetings with people, uh, a lot of uh, just supporting and praying for the staff, but you're kind of that go-to for, for the whole staff at the church. Is it easy for you, Pastor Mark, to be able to turn off all the nuts and bolts of what goes on at your church and just be and worship? Or are the wheels always turning in your head? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and actually, it isn't always easy to do that. And so uh, just because Sunday, there's so many moving parts. And so you really, but you really have to make that time and dedicate yourself and intentionally give yourself that time uh, to spend time in worship or else your gas tank goes on E. And so you have to do both. And so you set aside those times where you are working and you're helping facilitate what's going on on Sunday. But then you also have to set time aside for yourself where you can be in service and you can hear the word and you, you can worship. And if you don't do both of those, you're going to find yourself on E really quick. Because there's always going to be needs. Absolutely. It'll never be 100%. But part of that done. is also raising up volunteers and other lay leaders to help out with that. And one of the things we try to do is turn the keys over to our volunteers and, and empower them. And, and, it, and we look at it as a partnership. And we look at staff and, and volunteers as the same. And we don't want them to feel... Uh, any less than. So a lot of that is raising up leaders and turning over those keys so that you can enjoy service at, at times. So how about you, Lead Pastor Bill Town? Is it easy for you to give other people the keys and, and delegate and just be the mentor, pastor, shepherd that you're called to be? Or in such a large church that reaches so many people in the community, is it difficult for you to turn things off at times? Um, I'm getting better at it. Uh, learn some things the hard way with, you know, over-owning things, taking responsibility that, for things that were in God's hands. And and uh, I had somebody tell me once, you know, Jesus already died for his church, and so you don't have to. And so, I thought, <laughs> you know, there's there's some wisdom. But um, so, uh, yeah, I, I've, I think I've learned to trust God more in that. I think I've learned that that means I, I need to trust other people around me and, and getting people who are, just gifted. I mean, you know, Mark and Aaron both are just so gifted in, in ways that I'm not. And so I celebrate that and appreciate that. And, uh, and then, and then the other thing is, 
um, self-care, um, you know, making sure I have time with my wife, making sure I have time to, uh, to spend time with the Lord and pray, just not prepare for a message by studying, but let that passage work me over. And uh, just, you know, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm like Paul, I'm the chief of sinners. And so God, just work on me. And then as you're working on me, I'm, I'll, I'll share it with your family. So do you have good accountability and backup? Like, say, Pastor Mark here saying, mm. you know, Bill, you need to step back and do this right now. Just kind of nudging you on track. Yeah, I have a couple guys on staff who um, are my accountability partners. Um, we, we set it up to where I have a teaching team. And so I'm not in the pulpit every Sunday. I'm in the pulpit about 70%. And, um, and so I get to come, you know, to church on some weeks where I get to sit and be taught. And I love that. I love to be able to, to sit among my church family and, um, and be taught by one of the gifted teachers that we have on staff. And so um, it's a great, I, I really value that part of our ministry. Some great insights from Pastor Bill Town, Pastor Mark Houchet, and Pastor Aaron Doerr of Rolling Hills Community Church, located on Southwest Borland Road in Tualatin, just off of I-205, Exit 3. Big, beautiful church. You can't miss it. And they're meeting Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Make sure to follow Rolling Hills Community Church on Facebook. And for more details, you can check out the website, rollinghills.org. That's rollinghills.org. More with Bill, Mark, and Aaron next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. We have lead pastor Bill Town, lead ministry pastor Mark Houchet, and worship arts pastor Aaron Doerr from Rolling Hills Community Church on Southwest Borland Road in Tualatin, meeting Sunday mornings for services, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. So, gentlemen, can you tell me how long each of you have been with Rolling Hills? I'll start off with you, Pastor Bill. Oh, boy, it's been... 34 years? No. You started in 83, right? 83. So, yeah. 34, 34 years. years. I came I came as part-time youth person. I, I moved up here to go to Western Seminary and uh, wanted to be in ministry while I was in seminary and heard this little startup church that needed a part-time youth guy, and uh, they hired me, and then they can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that worked out well. So, so how was your experience at, at Western, Bill? Did you? Yeah, enjoy great Western experience. Seminary? Yeah, I, I, uh, I just sped through a three-year Master of Divinity program and crammed it into four years, and uh, um, but really value that. Really value that time, and um, and then Rolling Hills, uh, two years into that, decided they wanted me full time, and so uh, became full time in student ministries. And loved every minute of it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So where did you grow up, Pastor Bill Town? Uh, Long Beach. Long Beach, California. Yeah. So that uh, still have family down there, and I am so, so thankful that I'm not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you, were the, you were the star quarterback of oh, Milliken High yeah. School. Yeah. Well, see, that's what right? people think. State champion. Yeah. That's why you move a thousand miles away, so that people don't actually know the truth. <laughs> but yes, I was a great athlete. <laughs> <laughs> So was your family a Christian church-going family, Bill Town? Uh, yes, we were a church-going family. And, um, you know, I would say uh, we believed in God. We believed in the concept of God. and um, But for me, that was not—that was about it. 
and I actually had a on a backpack in the Sierra Nevada mountains had a youth pastor pull me aside and say, Bill, you are a leader. And I was thinking, wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And then he said, but you lead people exactly the wrong way. (laughs) And, you know, you can think, well, gosh, did you get mad or what? You know, and what I thought at that moment is, oh, my gosh, I'm exposed. This guy knows me. He knows the truth about me. And what I thought everybody else was was just um, fooled about me. Um, he called me on it. And uh, so that got me on a journey of, do I really believe in God? And if I do believe in God, um, that probably should have a big impact on my life. And within a few weeks, I settled that question. And instead of asking God on occasion to come in and smooth the road for me, it was, okay, God, you are going, you are rocking me. What do you want? And I need to realign myself to you. And uh, so that got that was a life changing uh, moment. That was in high school for me. So when did that come to fruition, Pastor Bill? Ten. When did you fully own your faith? Yeah, it was. It was in high school. It was that. That was a. I remember going back to the same church the week after I made the decision that yes, I am. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm all in. I believe. I believe in God, and I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I remember going back to that same church where I just never really paid attention before, and I could not wait to hear what the pastor said because he was talking about, I had a chance to learn about the God that I I trust in and I believe and I want to follow. And my whole perspective of life changed. And I was I was an athlete. I, I played football, and, and so I started chapels on Friday nights for the football team. Before games, we started having chapels, and like 90% of the guys started showing up, and and uh, so it, it was a transformational um, moment in high school that got me on a path of really seeking Jesus and trying to influence people with the love of Jesus. So how good an athlete were you really? Uh, I was okay. <laughs> no, I mean— Did I, you play past high school, for instance? No, no. I, I, was, um, I was an option quarterback in high school. We, our junior year, we, we won CIF championship, which was really as good as you can get for Southern California— and then uh, senior year, we didn't have as good of a year, but uh, but I was a, you know I was five ten and I was done growing, and it's like <laughs> okay I'm getting destroyed in high school I don't want to go get destroyed in college, but had a couple looks in college that wanted me to play defensive back, but I, I was I was done. <laughs> well, you've continued to lead to this day, so good for you, Pastor <laughs> Bill Tan of Rolling Hills Community Church. Lead ministry pastor Mark Houchet, how about you? Where did you grow up, Mark? Uh, I actually grew up on the East Coast, uh, right outside of Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, Christian Catholic family. And uh, my my mom and dad were always involved in church. So, uh, you know, I knew God at a very early, early age and, you know, accepted, you know, my faith then. And, and uh, I went to, uh, unlike Bill, I was a college athlete. <laughs> if you can call it, but I ran uh, cross country and track in West Virginia University. I don't know if that qualifies. Does that qualify? Is that <laughs> no, no. You're just yeah, running away. No, just running away. <laughs> no ball. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I actually graduated early. And then I uh, in uh, 1991, I entered the the military, the Air Force, and um, uh, spent 12 years uh, in the military. And then I got out. Uh, and then started working federally uh, for the Air Force and was a senior director at a federal agency. And uh, 
300 plus days a year on the road gone from my family was just a lot. And, you know, at that time, things started surfacing from my military career and deployments and, and uh, felt God calling us to Oregon. We had no family, no friends, uh, but I'd come out here uh, with some federal work and just fell in love with Oregon. And so we packed everything up in 2009 and, and made the pilgrimage out to Oregon. And it was the first place we ever chose to live, and Uncle Sam never said, you're going to live here. And so um, we visited a couple churches and didn't really feel like they fit, and then we found Rolling Hills. And from day one, we... We thought this is home for us, and and uh, so we just started getting involved, and and uh, at the same time, God began working on me, and some some of these things started resurfacing in my life uh, uh, from my military career, and just began to feel really unique, you know. And the devil was making me feel like no one would understand me uh, if they knew the real me, and and so God used Rolling Hills to change my life, and through community and through men's groups. Uh, I began to go through my life and process those things. And uh, what was awesome was that I was able to finally lay some of those things down uh, and be okay with being broken. And at that point, again, you know, my faith really went to the next level. And and all of our family served at the church and, and through different ministries. We actually st- started the community garden there. And, and through that, I was later asked to be an elder and... You know, through that process, uh, this position came open. I was working at the state here at the, the Oregon Department of Veteran Affairs, which was something I really enjoyed working with veterans, but uh, felt God calling me to serve more. And, and so in faith, I uh, almost three years ago, I, they had a position open for the, the lead ministry. And, you know, in a battle with God, I, I went ahead and obeyed and uh, went ahead and applied for that. And it's been three years, and, and I absolutely love it. I feel privileged to work at a church that changed my life. Well, Pastor Mark Couchet, first of all, thank you for serving the country in the Air Force. And I'm sure that there were great aspects of the military that made you the man you are today. And I'm sure there was also baggage that you needed to release to the Lord. Uh, my dad served World War II, U.S. Mm. Navy, mm. and he never let us watch any war movies because mm. he thought they glorified war. And once and only once he started opening up when I was a little kid and then he cut himself off. Mm-hmm. And I suppose I'll hear the rest of that story when I get to heaven someday or perhaps I won't care at that point. But for all those you serving in the military, I don't think we could really appreciate enough the sacrifices that you and your families and loved yes. ones make. So, uh, Pastor Mark, before we go to break, if there are hurting veterans out there or people actively in service, can you speak a word of encouragement to them, please? Yeah, well, the the main thing I would say to any veteran out there is that you're not unique in what you're struggling with. And sometimes we get so isolated in life where we feel like uh, the baggage we carry, our past sins, a number of things, some of the things we've experienced, if anybody would know that, that they would run. And and I would tell you that is a lie. And the, and the very thing the devil wants you to do is hold that inside and make you feel unique. And And I would just encourage you, to reach out and share share with somebody, find somebody you can invest in, and they can invest in you, and and realize that you're not unique with what you struggle with. Especially for men, men have this uh, feeling that the last thing they want to do is is share and open up any of those because they're in these unique waters that nobody else understands. But when they do, and they open up, whether it's in community or in a men's Bible study, they start to realize, hey, that that same 
person struggles with the same thing I do. And that's the very same thing with veterans. And when you can get together with other veterans and share some of those things and realize you're not unique with what you struggle with, that's when your faith begins uh, to just go to a different level. And you're able to lay all that stuff down and realize it's okay to be broken. What a great background you have, Pastor Mark Houchet, which prepared you for what you're doing today at Rolling Hills, which meets Sundays at 9 and 11. More information is on their website, which I'll hook up to truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. Or you can look up their website directly at rollinghills.org. That's rollinghills.org. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. If you are currently attending a church, really plug in and make sure that you're not just showing up on Sunday. Engage, hold others accountable, be held accountable by others, help serve, grow, and reach the community whether or not they know the Lord quite yet. Or if you're between churches or looking for a new one, I have one to recommend in Tualatin. It's Rolling Hills Community Church, Southwest Borland Road, just off of I-205, exit through that beautiful building on the side of the road. You just can't miss it with the three crosses up top. And they meet Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And I'm very thankful to finally get lead pastor Bill Town in the studio alongside lead ministry pastor Mark Houchet and worship arts pastor Aaron Doerr. Tell us where you grew up, Aaron. I grew up mostly right here in the, uh, the Portland area, in uh, the southern South Metro area, so Lake Oswego, West Lynn. I was actually born in Long Beach, uh, where, where Bill came from, but lived there for six weeks uh, before my parents uh, hightailed it up to Oregon. Uh, they, they grew up in the Long Beach area and had met and married there, but uh, Long Beach was changing, and, and they just didn't think it was a spot to raise a kid, so they moved up to this, uh, this new little place in Southern Oregon called Lake Oswego. And, and so uh, they were driving all the way over to the east side to a wonderful church, Hinson Memorial Baptist. Love and, that church. Uh, yeah. And there were a number of other families that had sort of landed there that had also migrated from Southern California. And they were all in a Sunday school class together. And there was a seminary student there who was uh, at, from Western named Dale Ebel. And he was leading the Sunday school class. And the families would get together. And they were all kind of uh, late 20s, early 30s. And uh, Dale was going to take a job, I think, at a church in Springfield. Uh, uh, Eugene and the families were getting together one night. Uh, just that I, it was either our basement or one of the other uh, one of the other houses. And so I was probably two or three at this time. And they just said, um, uh, "Dale, we're, God's calling us to start a church right here in this area." Because we're not going to be driving all the way over there with our families for the rest of our life, and, and we're calling you to be our pastor. And uh, so they just said, "We'll we'll figure out a way to just pay you whatever you would have gotten paid at this church. We'll pass the basket. We'll take out second mortgages, uh, but we're calling you to be our pastor, and we're starting a church." And so Dale prayed about it and said yes. And uh, then they just started inviting friends. And people kept coming, and then basements weren't big enough, and then an elementary school opened up in the LO area. They started meeting there, and so that was my experience growing up here. Uh, was church was in my basement, and it was just people getting together, and there were you know cardboard signs with you know Maranatha songs and a couple of hippies with guitars, and and uh, so that was uh, that was the you know they had to put on suits, but they were still you could tell they were hippies with suits on. <laughs> okay, so Aaron Doerr, worship arts pastor at Rolling Hills, as a child having yes. these well dressed hippies in your basement yeah. growing up in the formation of which would eventually become Rolling Hills Community Church. Did yeah. you ever envision yourself becoming a worship arts pastor yourself? 
Not at first. I mean, I got involved. My mom, you know, got us because she plugged us into everything. So we were in like a kid's choir and I was, you know, making paper airplanes out of the Sunday school material after. So I was kind of a, I was probably caused more trouble than help early on. Uh, we moved away for a while to California uh, for a job change, but then we're able to move back uh, right as I started my freshman year of high school. Uh, the high school pastor at the time happened to be Bill Town. And he had really, yeah. So he had built a culture of discipleship and leadership into the high school group. And so one of their seniors called me up, and uh, I didn't know who he was, but he knew who I was somehow, and called me up and took me out and got me plugged into the high school. And uh, some of the guys that were ma- doing the music, the high schoolers that were doing the music in the youth ministry, uh, said, we'd love to start training some of you younger kids up to start doing this because we're going to be graduating, and so you're going to need to learn. So I stayed afterwards. I'd been taking piano lessons and started learning how to help out in uh, high school, but just help out a little bit. And then I think when I was 15, before my sophomore year, Bill said, hey, Aaron, we need somebody leading worship. How about it? And... um I just decided to say yes, I think, because I didn't, I figured Bill wouldn't ask me if he didn't think I couldn't do it, because I don't know what I'm doing. And so that was the first time that I started leading worship in a church, and it was because Bill asked me to, and I just decided to be obedient and say yes. And shortly after that, I I started to think, this is what I want to do, but I wouldn't want to do it anywhere besides Rolling Hills. And Rolling Hills already has a worship pastor, so I guess I'll be an accountant. So, so I ended up getting a degree in accountant uh, in uh, accounting, but uh, as most artists do, right? Yeah, that's the natural fallback. Well, you, you need something to fall back on yeah. as a musician. I mean, so you're a musician or a CPA, but uh, no, God grabbed a hold of my heart as serving uh, alongside Bill in in worship uh, in the youth ministry back then, and so that never, I kind of never let that go. We went to Nashville, and I was able to be an accountant at a record company. Uh, with my wife, and that was a blast, because uh, and I learned a lot out there. I served in a church, and kind of that was an eye opener because I was just hanging on for dear life, trying to keep up with these professional musicians. That were so, what label was this, Aaron? Uh, RCA Records, RCA, BNA, and Arista. They were all. Uh, it was a label group uh, that's now owned by Sony. So, were you accounting for any particular acts that we might know of? Was it just the Christian ones, or? Right. It was Christian ones. It was uh, it was country, what? country, country music. So we we rolled out. I'll try and make the long story short, but I had to get a job so that we could get an apartment. We we rolled into Nashville knowing two people on a Sunday night, and it, it was a four hour drive. So we had a U-Haul with all of our stuff for seven more days before we had to turn it in. We tried to find apartments, but they said you got to have a job. So I signed up at Account Temps on a Tuesday, and then on a Wednesday had an interview at this place called RCA Label Group. And so I'm wondering what what that's about. So we drive down, and I get in the elevator, and the doors open, and there's all these platinum records that say Martina McBride, Alabama, Clint Black, Laurie Morgan, Elvis Presley. I'm like, oh, that's what this place is. And so I ended up getting a job there uh, in the finance department. So I was helping to manage marketing budgets and uh, for you know uh, Kenny Chesney, Brad Paisley, and uh, Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn, so these big country records. And so it was a really, it was a great experience, a fun time, and uh, learned a lot about uh, record industry. And at the church that I served at, I learned a lot about uh, a music ministry. And these, there were guys that are, they're, you know, on the George Strait tour, they were on tour with Shania Twain. And I'm like, well, I, 
I count records. Uh, but what was really cool was I remember uh, talking to a drummer, and he said, I just got off of a you know a stadium tour playing in front of 50,000 people, but I get more excited and more nervous about playing at my church. And uh, I just thought, man, if I were ever leading a music ministry at a church, I would I would want everybody to feel that way, that this is the greatest gig they could ever have. And um, so that... That captured me, and I just thought, well, it's time for us to move back and start a family. So we started a family, but that took a while. We struggled with infertility for years. And uh, I did public accounting downtown for a couple of years and just hated it. Had a nervous breakdown after a busy season, and I was on 405 driving, trying to drive home from the downtown post office because I just dropped off extensions and tax returns like at 11.58. It had... No. before midnight if i missed that tax i'd like i was calculating like how much money our clients would have to pay and i'm trying to drive home on 405 and i literally can't remember how to get home i took the wrong exit like three times i pulled over i called my wife and said i don't think i can do this anymore and i don't know how to get home and so she was like okay just chill out a little bit you'll figure it out so we got home and i met with my dad who would really encourage me to get into accounting. And he said, you don't have to do this for anybody. You don't have to do it for me. Why don't you email the church? Go, oh, okay. I emailed him and just said, hey, if you're looking for anybody and you need help, and it just so happened that they had submitted a proposal to the elders to open up a music director position. So I got hired in 2003, and that was kind of a dream come true for me. So, hmm. so back at the church that I started, that I grew up in and came to know faith in, and was called into ministry in, uh, so I've been here for 13 years now. Working Great testimony from Aaron Dorr, who now serves as worship arts pastor. Gentlemen, you've got some really great stories uh-huh. of how God brought you to Rolling Hills, which meets Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. There's more information on the website, rollinghills.org. That's rollinghills.org. And when we return, more from the Rolling Hills Community Church group of worship arts pastor Aaron Dorr, lead ministry pastor Mark Houchet, and lead pastor Bill Town next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks for joining us on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here, very happy to be with Aaron Dorr, Mark Houchet, and Bill Town, leaders at Rolling Hills Community Church on Southwest Borland Road in Tualatin, just off of I-205, exit 3, with Sunday morning services at 9 and 11. And gentlemen, one of the things I just adore about Rolling Hills is how much you serve the immediate community around you. And you tend to be very humble about it, but I'd like you to just share some of the groups that you help out or house or support. Uh, Start off with Tualatin Schoolhouse Pantry, if you don't mind. Yeah. um, Tualatin Schoolhouse Pantry was actually without a... uh a home because they were being kicked off of uh, the, their existing housing. And, and so one of the things that we thought is if you've seen our building, we have a, a big campus, we have a huge unfinished basement. And really, as we revisioned ourselves a few years ago, it was um, how, how can we just make this place a gift to our community? And so um, we got a hold of Twalton Schoolhouse Pantry and said, hey, if you'd like to, we would love to uh, build out a place in our basement to house the pantry. And so we began partnering with them um, probably nine years ago, eight years ago, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And it's been a great partnership. And so that we, through them, we probably, um, how many families do we impact every month? There's 500? 
Yeah, I, I know in a year's time annually, we, we can serve between uh, eight and 10,000 adults and, and almost the same amount in children. That's over an annual period. So if you break that up over the year, uh, it's pretty even, except during the seasonal times, you know, mm-hmm. Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you will see uh, a bigger surge of, of, mm-hmm. of people. And, and one of the great things about the pantry is that it's not only we're not only partners with it, but the whole community serves the pantry, and they have a number of grants and and places and like Cisco that donate food on an ongoing basis, and and any day it's open, you can drive up there and just see uh, how many families are actually in need, mm-hmm. and they go in there, and it's a very uh, it's not an experience where you feel guilty or ashamed. It's just a loving experience where these people go in with needs, and they come out with a Feeling, feeling good and, 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 and humble, but just an awesome experience. And, and the great thing about it is it's teaching our community to, to think selflessly. And it's, it's a great opportunity also for people to get involved in the community to come and serve. And I think that's what makes it such a great partnership with our church. So as the lead ministry pastor or doing more of the executive work, Mark Houchet, have you had a lot of opportunities to work with people or organizations that aren't faith-based? And what do they think of you as a church at Rolling Hills? That's a great question. One of the things we're very proud of is our relationship with actually the city of Tualatin. Uh, we frequently meet with uh, Mayor Lou Ogden, who comes to us uh, for ideas or to run things past us. But we also partner with the city of Tualatin. And uh, one of the things they have right now is it's called Tualatin Tomorrow. And uh, it's a collection of faith-based churches that come together and say, how can we serve this community? Uh, an example of that is uh, there's a backpack program at Bridgeport Elementary. And what that program is is uh, different kids with needs over the weekend sometimes don't eat regularly. And so we have this backpack program where uh, we fill backpacks full of food, and those kids take that home with them uh, over the weekend. And the great thing because of our relationship with the city of Tualatin and the Tualatin Tomorrow, we have other churches now and other organizations that have adopted other schools in, in Tualatin area. And so uh, working with the city of Tualatin, uh, they see the value that our community is important. And we can all agree, although we all may have different beliefs, uh, we, we agree we want to serve our community. And so that's just an awesome thing to see that synergy, not only between us and the city of Tualatin, but us and and different other churches, and even other churches that believe other things, making that difference that we want to make our community a better place. Well, I think it stands out when the church combines together of different sizes, ethnicities, denominations, and just serves the community and loves on them because Jesus did. Mm-hmm. So keep up the good work there. Mm-hmm. Aaron Dorr is Worship Arts Pastor. Are there any other organizations that you're proud that Rolling Hills is a part of when it comes to support or housing or just being behind them? Well, in addition to the food pantry, with one of the things that I learned about it was that often food pantries, a lot of their grant money has to go toward rent, just staying in the space they are. But because we have a good relationship and a partnership with them and how we've set it up, they're able to buy milk with grant money, and which is really hard. They go through so much milk. Food pantries, that's always one of the hardest things for them to set up. So that when I learned about that, I thought, well, that is – I just love knowing that just us being – having – been blessed with this giant building and we were kind of like gosh what are we going to do with this thing and they'd be able to go let's that people get more milk because we got this giant basement um 
our community group serves once every other month at what we call Hope's Table. We have a community life center downstairs, and uh, Hope's Table serves a meal every Monday. It's a free meal to the community. And so community groups in our church will buy the ingredients, make the meal, and then serve it, and then do the dishes. And so it's all downstairs in the basement, and usually they have different scheduled things that will be happening at the same time as the meal, uh, like haircuts for people. There will be somebody that sets up shop and just kind of gives people a haircut. People can bring in clothes. to um, They can you know, get their, take a shower, uh, do their laundry. And we just recently opened up uh, the Borland Free Clinic, which is a separate 501c3, but it was birthed through the church. And then it's got a board of directors that has some people in our church and then others within the community. And now we're able to do a screening, pre-screening for diabetes. And so a representative from the clinic, which is right next door down in the basement to the CL, to the Community Life Center, will come over, make an announcement if you'd like to come over, get a screening. So we're just to be able to weekly provide a resource to the community and to people that are just really down and feeling feeling helpless, feeling hopeless, uh, to be able to give them a lift and to be able to connect. I mean, they're able to just talk and remember that they're a human being. And that, just seeing people kind of come alive again, just with a meal and a connection, that, I love that. I think in uh, it's Amos, uh, in the book of Amos, I can't remember exactly where, but he just, you know, God is just saying, like, I don't want to hear your worship unless I see justice happening. You know, let justice roll like a mighty river. And so we're just worship. And for me as a worship leader, I want to know that we're, this is more than just words, that we're really doing something about it. And so I think, I think mission and service without worship can become idolatry uh, because then you're just doing it to try and earn your way into God's favor. And anything that we do apart from the love of Christ is can become an idol. But worship without uh, without serving and without living is empty. Uh, and so the uniting of those two really, every time I'm worshiping, I feel like, okay, this is this is real because I know what's going on downstairs and in other areas. The, th- the thing that's also awesome about uh, it's. With these things that are serving our community, it's an opportunity to invite the community to come in and also serve. Sometimes people may be a little leery about coming to a church or uh, any of that, but when it comes to help serving their community, they want to be part of that. And that's a great thing because uh, you could very well come to to the, the pantry as a family in need and then go over and get a meal at Hope's Table. We also have uh, English as a second language. Uh, we have those classes. So it's just this surrounding, this opportunity to surround people in need and support them that uh, such a great opportunity, not only for the people that need it, but also the people that come and serve. Uh, because when you become other-focused, man, it changes your perspective on things. And I think that's one of the great things uh, that I love about Rolling Hills is that we're outward-focused in the community. And it's such an awesome opportunity not only to partner with other entities, but also see the community come in and support some of these causes as well. Let me just hit a few more. Northwest Children's Ministries we're involved with. Outreach, yep. um, Divine Threads, which helps disadvantaged women. We a lunch buddy pro, our lunch buddy program at Bridgeport Elementary. We have a cold weather shelter that's open um, during the winter. And then on Sundays we have, uh, I think it's called... Wash and Worship. Wash and Worship, yeah. where um, some of our 
um, homeless uh, neighbors and family come and, and uh, get their laundry done, able to get a good shower, and uh, are welcome to come and be part of our gatherings. I love to hear that from you, Pastor Bill Town, Mark Houchet, and Aaron Doran. Aaron, I want to thank you and Hillary Winkler in particular for setting up today's Difference Makers. Uh, On our way out, Pastor Bill, for those of us who might be curious about this Christianity thing, or maybe between churches, or maybe just newcomers to the area, do you have an invitation or a word of encouragement for us? Yeah, I I would, if if you're, if you know you're on a spiritual journey, just just keep seeking God and get to a... uh, you know, a Bible teaching church that um, will just come alongside you in that journey. And um, it'll be a journey you'll never regret. And uh, God uh, is loving, loves you, pursues you. And if you're on the journey, you're probably aware that he's pursuing you. And so uh, follow him, seek him. Thank you so much, Lead Pastor Bill Town, Lead Ministry Pastor Mark Houchet, and Worship Arts Pastor Aaron Dorr from Roland Hills Community Church, located on Southwest Borland Road, just off of I-205, Exit 3, in Tualatin, with Sunday morning services at 9 and 11. And more information is linked up to truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. Find them directly on Facebook at Roland Hills Community Church at at RH Church, and their website is rollinghills.org. That's rollinghills.org. And thank you for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.